Happy motherfucking Friday. Man, it is finally here. Thank God it's Friday. It's been a long fucking week. Um, Monday, we had the band Waters Deep on. Tuesday, we did the review of the new Spirit Box album. Uh, Wednesday, I had the band Dying Oath on again. Last night was the band Orin. And tonight, I got another awesome band with me. Um, band that we didn't get a chance to talk to prior to Blue Ridge, but they did play Blue Ridge, and now they're coming on, and we're going to have a little bit of fun with that. So let's just go ahead and end the week off strong and hit that intro. If you are struggling, do not isolate. If you're feeling hopeless, reach out to somebody. If you're feeling helpless, know that you are not alone in your daily struggles. Your life is important. If you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Again, 1-800-273-8255. You matter. And now, Suck It Podcast. And welcome everybody to Suck It. I am the great and powerful King of Kings, Prince of all that is awesome, Derek. How the fuck are you doing today on this beautiful September 24th of the year that is 2021? Ugh. Man, it's been a hell of a week. Um, our first full week home since we got back from Blue Ridge and, you know, still kind of, you know, getting rid of the, the Blue Ridge flu from all the damn dust in the air. Um, supposed to have another festival this weekend in Rebel Rock, but that got canceled. Um, so, you know, everyone that was bitching about Blue Ridge, it could be worse. Just saying. Um, but, uh, you know, people were, you know, went there for the first day and they were had it, they had it yesterday. But then they canceled it for the rest of the weekend. And so people, like, made that trek for no fucking reason. So sorry about that for everybody else who went way down to Orlando. But, hey, it's Florida. So you should expect shit like this to happen at this point. Because um, fucking Florida. That's all I need to say. It's just, just Florida. But I am having a great week. You know, like I said, we had some great bands on. We got some great bands coming up next week. We got the band The Verve Pipe. We got Artusia. We've got a new artist in Lauren Berman coming on. We've got a CD release party for the band Southbound Beretta. We got so much coming on next week. I hope you guys stick around for that because we just, it's just, the things are coming. The things are coming. But tonight, I have a band on that performed at Blue Ridge Rock Fest. And unfortunately, like I said before, did not get a chance to talk to them before, but now I got them on. So we're going to have some fun tonight with the lead singer, John, of the band, One of the Last. What's going on? That was one hell of an intro. Well, thank you. How are you? You need, you need, you need some lasers, too. A little... We're here on the Suck It Podcast. No, I just... I have uh, Brian and uh, Aaron doing my intro from uh, Gemini Syndrome. Oh. Okay, that might be a little better, I guess. <laughs> yeah. They, all they said was, this is Brian and this is Aaron from Gemini Syndrome. Suck it! And then that's, you know, that's it, but... And then the song that I have playing is by the band Orin. Um, 
So it's a it's an interesting little intro I got now. So, but how are you, bro? How's things going? I'm doing all right. You know, living the dream, dreaming to live. Yeah. I don't. Know, that that sounded inspiring. It did, didn't it? <laughs> dreaming to live, bro. Um, yeah. I mean, you guys just came out of uh, Blue Ridge, you know, along with eighty other, you know rising talents as they like to yes. say um, quote unquote. but you know um how did you guys feel about it uh a lot of good a lot of bad and a lot of weird shit in between <laughs> so we'll elaborate oh why not huh. uh, the good, yeah yeah that's a talk show why not uh so the uh the good part about it was playing in front of uh, a lot of people which was it's always a good time there and um you know, we started off the set, I think there's maybe like 15 people. And then I think by the end, we were up to maybe like a couple hundred. So there's a lot of people on the lawn actually moving closer to see us to to see our set, which I thought was pretty fucking awesome. And, you know, it just means that we're on the right track with everything. And that's a big thing with us. Yeah. You know, uh, some of the bad parts was uh, being in traffic for five hours on day one. Yeah. So. Got in on Thursday. I was going to go and uh, check out the Ghost Inside, the only set I wanted to see that entire weekend. And I got up to uh, the festival grounds at 5.55, and I think they were playing like 6.05 or something like that. I think it was like 10 minutes beforehand. So we get there, and I'm on the will call line. I'm like, all right, this is great. It's going pretty fast. And the guy, uh, the security guy goes, okay, I need your order number. Uh, sorry, I'm an artist. I don't have an order number. Oh, artist is on that line. So they point us, yeah, they point us to a tent, which had like maybe 15, 20 people on it. And I'm like, eh, these people don't seem like artists, but you know, who, who am I to say? So standing on the line, and then I come to find out that it's the line for artist pickup, and also for complaints about etics, about hotels, about anything else. So it was like customer service and then artist pickup. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And media, so, and, and media pickup too. Even worse. Yeah, us media people are assholes. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> fucking causing me to miss the ghost inside. <laughs> I mean, bad. it was literally right next to the stage. So they were on the uh, Stay Lit stage. And I heard the entire set. They sounded great. Saw a little bit of the crowd. And I just saw like a monster pile of like dust go through the air. And I'm like, oh, I could be in there right now. I could be in there for better or for worse. Yeah. You know, for better to actually see the band, for worse to have Ilioma, but what are you going to do? So, anyways, I got the artist pass, I think with five minutes to spare. And I got in and they're like, thank you. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Literally missing it by seconds. Yeah. But, but at least you were in line, got to hear it, you know? Yeah. That was one good thing about the festival. If you were camping, you know, if you decided to leave a little bit early because you were tired, you know, you could hear, you know, the main stage bands, you know, the entire time. Like for me, I did not stick around for like Five Finger Death Punch on Friday, Thursday, whatever, what Saturday, whatever day it was. Saturday. 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 So, but I get to listen to it from my, my tent and it was, you know, it was, it's Five Finger Death Punch. I mean, I didn't miss yeah. anything. Um, but I mean, that was, well, that was definitely one cool thing that, you know, no matter where you were, you got to listen to music. Yeah. I mean, I, I could, uh, I could agree with that just because, Thursday night um, you know my wife really wanted to see a day to remember so we went and saw a day to remember they were great and I was like alright let's uh, check out the stage that we were on we were on the um, uh, the roadie clinic stage which was right next to the monster stage one of the main stages 
Yeah. So on the master stage happened to be uh, Breaking Benjamin. So saw a little bit of their set. They sounded pretty good. I'm like, all right, we just walked like two and a half miles to get here. We parked on some person's lawn, besides the point. Uh, we got to walk back. So when walking back, like we got to a certain point and then we heard the concert like perfectly. Like, you know, it was, uh, it actually sounded better a lot further out because you could, you could actually hear the harmonies yeah. and everything. And it just sounded great. So we were, we had a nice soundtrack to walk to. Yeah. I, I stuck around all night for Breaking Benjamin and I'm glad I did, man. They, they just absolutely, one of my favorite performances. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. They're always up there. They just never fail at all. You know, and I mentioned this on my review of day one last week. But one thing I love about Breaking Benjamin, specifically Ben Burnley by himself, is that he is unlike any other frontman out there, where he does not take that frontman role too seriously and has no problem going to the back of a stage and letting his other guitarists sing songs while he just plays lead or plays rhythm. And you don't even see him. He's just kind of like a ghost in the background, and he puts all the attention on who's ever singing that song, and I love that about Ben. Well, same thing with Maynard from Tool. I have a problem with Maynard. <laughs> Let's get into it. So I think it was 2001, 2002, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was, was it Lateralis? No, I don't know. I don't remember what it was. But anyway, I went and saw them um, at the, what was at the time called the Orlando Arena. And... Um, it had to be the most fucked up concert I've ever witnessed in my entire life. So he was trying to be John Morrison from the doors standing behind <laughs> the drummer with a curtain behind him. And all you saw was a silhouette of him singing. <laughs> but then on the stage itself, it was like a Cirque du Soleil performance. Like there was contortionists, there was, you know, freaking rope swingers. And it was just weird. It was absolutely but the whole idea of him being not visible and just kind of a shadow behind really kind of turned me off i was like aren't you supposed to be the front man aren't you supposed to be out here fronting the band but now you're like behinding the band <laughs> so you're yeah. the behind man I, I didn't get it but and you know it, it was just it was way too like I, I can complain about romstein and you know how they do too much of a performance uh -huh. but and that's at least fun to watch. It was not fun to watch Tool that night. Okay. I mean, I, I, I could see that. I could see that. So basically they just cater to whoever's hot. Is that what you're saying? Because imagine being on mushrooms, just standing in the crowd, watching like contortionists <laughs> and people swinging. You're like, oh, my God, they're going to fall. They're going to fall. They're going to fall. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, especially in that, you know, in the early 2000s. That was, yeah, it was just weird. But um, yeah, I guess, I guess you could you could say it was definitely uh, catered to the, the the people who were stoned. Ah, absolutely. But yeah, I'm, I've I have not been a Tool fan in a long, long time. Like they're one of the bands that like if I never see them live again, if I never hear an album by them again, I I'm fine with that. That's how it was for the band Brand New. Every time I saw them, they sucked. Like it, you know how. You know, some artists take themselves way too seriously. That it was basically the front man who was, I guess, like canceled now, or I don't, I don't even know half the stories anymore. But 
he was like on stage. He's he's like you know pretending like he's Jesus. He has his arms stretched out. He's like, well, you know something. I, I wrote this song, and it was uh, it was for for a girl, and I told her you know to get lost because she was just a black cloud in my life. And if you know any black clouds in your life, you need to blow them away. You need to get them out of your life. And I'm like. Sander going, okay, just play the fucking song. It's about some random breakup anyway. <laughs> that's all your fucking songs are anyway. But, but I mean, it's like he's just trying to like legitimize, legitimize it. And that's what made it funny. <laughs> Where he's just like, you know, thinking like, thinking like all the bad things in the world happened to just him. And he just wrote songs about it and they just turned into like these emo anthems. Yeah. Like it was fucking weird. Not to mention they all performed like in the dark too. So it was hell for, hell to be like a photographer in the pit, just trying to get a picture. And it's just literally like maybe it was like pure darkness. And I think it was like either blue or like purple light, but it was like so dim that you could like barely make them out. Interesting. Like it, yeah, it, it was just bad. Yeah, just I mean, bad. I'm all for performance music. Um, yeah. One of my favorite bands, you know, all they do is perform up on stage and that's Ice Nine Kills. Um, they just have a certain element to it, but there is a certain degree of taking it too far. Um, yeah. you know, tool does that. I think, um, ghost does that. Um, I do like ghost. I, see, I, like I cannot, I cannot stand ghost. It's either you love him or you hate him. There's really no in between. Yeah. I mean, um, what's his fucking name? Um, Tobias, Tobias. Yeah. I, I just, I can't stand that guy. Um, you know, especially after all the bullshit that I, you know, that everyone heard over the years, um, you know, about how, you know, he is ghost and he owns the LLC and everyone else is just an employee and he can fire anybody at any given time. And you're just a guitarist. You're not a member of the band because there is no real band. It's just a corporation. And, you know, all that. I was like, I get it. But did you have to be that much of a dick about it? You know, I mean, I. I just I yeah I don't I don't think Tobias Forge is a is the is a is a great person. Let alone yeah. if it wasn't successful, I'd agree with you. But he was onto something, and you know, for all right, on the opposite side of the spectrum, you do Spencer from My Sign Kills. Essentially, it's just it's Spencer's band. It's Spencer's vision. Obviously, he has band members and not just hired guns. I understand that, but you know. Going back like years ago, Ice Nine was started off like a ska band. Then they went to like a post-hardcore band, and then they found their niche with this horrorcore thing that they're doing. Yeah, and I think hundred percent, it's all Spencer. Hundred percent, yeah. Um, but again, they are band members. You know, like Ricky yeah. and um, and Dan. You know, they they have their input. They do all this stuff. They do all. You know, they they uh, contribute as much as everybody else. Um, mm -hmm. And. Uh, and you're right. That band is not the same band it was a year ago. It wasn't the same band it was three years ago. It's been Spencer's the only consistent person in that band. 100. Yeah. percent I agree with you on that. Um, and that could be. The, and that says. But that's said about a lot of different bands. Um, but I think the difference is there between Tobias and you know other bands like we just mentioned. You know, like you know Ice Nine. Mm -hmm. I think he just takes it too far. So does he think that he's maybe actually like creating a cult or a new religion through his music? Do you think he's going to like the Joel Osteen route? I think he legitimately thinks he's the fucking Pope. 
okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, the the I think he, you know, that whole idea of here's a great example, Chris Jericho. Okay. Yes. That man lives his gimmick. He is doesn't matter if he's wrestling in AEW, wrestling in WWE, or wrestling in WCW or New Japan. Or it doesn't yeah. matter if he's up on stage in front of 20,000 people. He is always Chris Jericho. Yeah. But I think the difference there is Tobias Forge, you know, lives the gimmick, but I think the gimmick has become him and he's no longer Tobias. I think, you know what I'm saying? I think the he's character. More Papa Emeritus. He's, yeah, he's definitely Papa Emeritus and he's become the gimmick he created versus where Chris Jericho just is just an extension of himself. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, that's how I feel about it. I agree with that. I mean, Chris Jericho is the Ayatollah of rock and roll. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes. He is the Lionheart. He is, you know, man with the list, whatever nickname you want to throw out there. He is all that and more. But he also he knows how to perform, and I think that's one of the greatest things. Like you yeah. said, you know, it doesn't matter if it's at, you know, WrestleMania in front of, you know, 80 to 100,000 people. It doesn't matter if it's in – with 200 people like he puts on 100 percent 100 percent of the time but now the the issue is you know is this chris jericho off the camera like if there's not a camera on him if nothing's recording and you just talk with him if you meet him on the street do you get jericho or do you get chris Herb? i uh you get jericho all the time I've met Jericho, him. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, no, he is Chris Jericho 100% of the time. <laughs> I mean, but at this point, it's been, shit, 30, 30 plus years he's been in the wrestling business and 20-plus yeah. years he's been doing Fozzie. Um, yeah. That uh, he is just, you know, 50 combined years of entertainment knowledge. The guy knows what he's doing. And I, I, I honestly... Like even though Fozzie is not nearly as big of a band, I think like he is up there as probably one of the best perform like best performers slash frontmen um, up there with you know the likes of like Gene Simmons and the likes of Corey Taylor. Um, he has just a presence about him, and you know he's amazing at what he does. You know he, you know he is the best in the world at what he does. Exactly what he says, and it's it's the hundred percent truth. Oh, yeah, I, I could see that. Um, you know, it's, it, it is interesting. I've seen Fozzie numerous times over the years. And just like the formation story of how it all began, where, you know, Rich Ward met him uh, while in WCW. And just to have that lasting relationship of just starting out doing, you know, Ozzy covers and everything else and like 80s power metal covers or hair metal, excuse me. And just to see it evolve. And then once Judas came out, like it was just... Like, it was mind-blowing to see that song get number one. But then when you really start to look at it, wrestling fans would support him no matter what. Well, they have supported that song more than I've seen any other. Like, this song has taken on a life of its own. I mean, you're a wrestling fan too, right? Yes. Okay. So, remember about a month ago when he was wrestling MJF and he couldn't come out? He couldn't use Judas. The 15,000 fans in attendance sung that song so fucking loud. It like it you literally saw him break character and start crying in the middle of the ring. He was so taken aback by it. 
you know, yeah. and then I heard it last weekend too, like because he closed out with Judas. Mm-hmm. Um, you you could hear him singing, you could hear the band playing, but the yeah. crowd was so loud singing Judas, it engulfed him, and you couldn't barely hear him. It was insane. That song has taken on a life of its own, and it's amazing. And like, and that just shows the power of what Chris Jericho does. He's just that good. Oh, absolutely. I was at the uh, AEW event, uh, not not the Grand Slam, but the weekend before in uh, New Jersey at Prudential Center. And when him and uh, Hager came out, it was, it, it was uh, I think uh, Dan Lambert was in the ring. And he was like, cut the music, cut the music. They cut the music. The entire crowd just sang, sang. it like, <laughs> without missing a beat. And I thought that was really awesome. Yeah. Um, that whole Dan Lambert. I don't get that Dan Lambert storyline right now. I'm confused by it. I, I, I think it's a play on Jim Cornette. It's the guy be. who, yeah, the guy who uh, takes wrestling way too seriously. You know, all the new shit sucks. All the old shit is amazing. Yeah, but he's on the uh, UFC is better than you know wrestling in general, and he's just he's just I don't know. I don't. You know yeah. the whole American Top Team thing. I, I'm I'm curious to see how it plays out tonight on, uh, um, Grand Slam Part Two. But um, yep. Uh, what is it? It's Jericho and uh, Hager versus. Fuck, I can't yeah, remember Ethan who it Yeah, Ethan Page and Scorpio. Yeah, there it is. Yep. And with Dan Lambert in their corner. So I'm kind of curious to see how that kind of goes. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I know what happens. I'm not going to spoil anything Yeah, I didn't. But... I didn't read the spoilers. I did not. Okay. But it's, it's an interesting ending, put it that way. Um, cool. Yeah, I did not read the spoilers. I mean, yes. I'm really kind of curious for the, the punk match. Uh, I heard there's a... An amazing spot somewhere in there that is absolutely mind blowing. So I'm kind of curious what the hell that happened is. It's the only thing I know, um, but I'm still shaking in my boots from uh, Wednesday. That match between Omega and Danielson. Oh, yeah. oh my god! And match to start off the program. Yeah, and I think that was a big problem because there was no way anyone could follow that. I think that should have been last. If if they actually had a finish, I think it would have went last. Because imagine like taking off the broadcast. You know, if they if they had like let's say a disqualification, let's say the elite came out, and then you know Jungle Express came out, then you know caused a huge brawl. Okay, I could understand that. But to go the time limit, and granted, I I like the ending. I like how you know Omega almost tapped and that whole thing. Um, but it's it, it's weird, you know, putting it on first. I don't think it would have been like a CM Punk type of chant. Like they're not going to keep chanting, you know, Brian Daniels the entire time, you know, waiting for him to come out. I think you could have put it on last, but not with that ending. I think that ending just would have left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Yeah, but I think, you know, by the time it was done and, you know, we got to the Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho match, yeah. you know, I, I think people were spent and I don't think, you know, Ruby and uh, Britt got you know, the, the pops and the, the, the reactions that they should have gotten. I, I agree with that. Um, so it'll be way more interesting to see what happens tonight since Rampage was filmed directly after Dynamite. And they did the same exact thing uh, when I was at the uh, Prudential Center two weeks ago, or last week, rather. And um, literally, the, uh, the Miro match was the ending of uh, Rampage. That didn't go on until midnight. So midnight on a Wednesday. That was fucking rough. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. After, you know, since I think uh, Elevation started, I think either 6.30 or 7. 
So, you know, it was literally just like being at a WrestleMania, just nonstop. Maybe it was a 10 minute ring change in between uh, shows, but yeah, nonstop. Wow. Yeah. I've only been to one AEW event and that was the very first dynamite. Cause it was here in DC. Um, and that was however long ago it was. Yeah. That was like what? Two years ago, three years. It's two, two and a half years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out BetterHelp.com slash SIPod. Life is full of stressors. It doesn't matter who you are or what you have. Your life is probably stressful. I know mine is. Some days I question whether or not I want to get out of bed. Or hell, I question whether or not I even want to wake up. But thanks to BetterHelp, my days get a little bit easier. As someone who suffers from generalized anxiety disorder, PTSD, and bipolar disorder, I'm very thankful that I have BetterHelp on my side whenever I need them. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera you don't want to. It's so much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'd be pretty surprised at what you may be able to gain. See if it's for you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And Suck It Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash SIPod. That's BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash SIPod. You're a busy guy, so stop thinking about what to wear and just embrace the radically efficient Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. The Daily Wear System is a selection of clothes rooted in smart design, made with performance fabrics, and built to work together. From breathable t-shirts and polos, to stylish button humps and shorts, underwear and beyond, Mack Weldon makes it easy for you to dress for work, leisure, and play, or wherever your summer takes you. Imagine waking up on a Sunday morning, Coffee's made, pancakes are on the stove, you smell bacon, you get up out of bed and you slip into your Mack Weldon Sunday lounge pants, eat yourself a nice breakfast being comfortable, because that's what Mack Weldon's all about, comfort, especially in those Sunday lounge pants. And guess what? They're not just for Sundays. And then immediately following that, you can throw on your silver knit polo and your radius shorts and head out to the golf range and have some fun with your guy friends and drink beer and just be cool and comfortable all day long. So buy some time this summer with Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash Suckit and enter promo code Suckit. That's MacWeldon.com forward slash suck it, promo code suck it for 20% off Mac Weldon. Radically efficient wardrobing. Damn, they, they came far. They came, they, they came from a place where it was just destined to fail. Everyone wrote them off. You can't compete with uh, the evil corporation in Stanford. You, you know, it's a fucking WCW lights. It's, you know, impact light, whatever you want to throw ECW in there. ECW light. Yes, ECW light. Well, kind of turned into ECW light a little bit. You know, yeah. with the with the usage of the word shit. I think they really just threw that over the edge. 
It reminded me of that South Park episode where uh, all they did was say shit. And it was like the, up to like 150 something. 150 shits. something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they say shit what, uh, on TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what it was kind of feeling like. But, you know, obviously they're only two and a half years in. They didn't have an established audience already, but they're different. And I like what they're doing. I like the rumors of what's going to happen next week. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, a, a, a Mr. Wyatt is supposed to debut. I, I, yeah, but my thing about that is I don't know if Mr. Rotundo is eligible to do so because he's still under his 90 days. So I'm wondering what really happened there. It depends, though. Apparently, um, he can do it um, if he foregoed or forewent. I don't know what the fuck the term is. Uh, if he gave up the 90 day and just said, I don't want the money, I just want to be out of the contract, then apparently you're allowed to, according to Meltzer. Yeah, so, but I don't know if that's really what happened. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see how it goes out. But I, I if, if he – here's the thing with him. Um, if he comes out as anything other than a fiend-like character, he's going to get shit on. You know what I'm saying? I think um, because I think people now are expecting him to be the fiend that they he wanted to be. Yeah. And if he does not give that to the people, um, and I think Tony Khan's smarter than this, so I'm hoping he's allow it, how allows it to happen. Um, I think if we get the real version of it. Um, I, I think it's going to be badass, you know, because we saw some a lot of glimmers of hope with it. Like when the yeah. the the Firefly Funhouse first started, I was like, "This is leading to something big. This is leading oh, to yeah. something big," and it did. And then, I mean, what ended up happening was amazing. And then it fucking just dissolved thanks to Goldberg. And then <laughs> it then it came back a little bit more, and then it dissolved again with Randy Orton. And I was like, "Fuck, what is they? What are they doing?" And, you know, now they're continuing it on with Alexa, but, you know, I, I'm, she's more down to earth with it. Like, I, the, the promo from Monday was really fucking cool. I liked yeah. how she was like, you know, I could play Minds with you, but Mind Games with you, but you just don't even have a mind or whatever she said. I was like, yeah. fuck, that's a so brilliant old line. You know, you're just a ripoff of, you know, and she goes, oh, really? You want to talk about ripoffs? I was like, damn, this is so good. Um, so I, I dig that, but at the same time, if they don't give, if he doesn't give us, a fiend character that is what they what we're expecting. I think it's gonna get shit on if he just comes out as like the old Bray Wyatt. You know the whole um, what movie was that um, that he was ripping off with that one? Um, Deliverance. Deliverance. Thank you. If he comes yeah. out with that version of that character, you know I, I think people are gonna be pissed off about it. Um, so I'm really kind of curious to see what happens with it if it if it happens. Yeah, he, he needs to come out something supernatural, but also a mix of old mankind. Like, like for example, the the first uh, fight that uh, the fiend had with Finn Balor at SummerSlam was it or what? Whatever that was, yeah. where the mic picked up him doing that like weird. Yeah, yeah. He needs to bring that back. He needs to be genuinely terrible. And I think the whole Firefly Funhouse. I liked it in, in in a way. I wish it was a little bit darker. You know, I wish that, you know, I wish 
he brutalized the puppets a lot more as stupid as that sounds but like you, you did you did some like crazy shit especially with rambling rabbit i get that but like i was talking i'm talking about like you know going back to south park the woodland critters yeah like add something like that where it's like oh look at these cute little and then next thing you know they get fucking satanic now, <laughs> if you did something like that i think that would really pop up yeah i agree but it, it's uh, i'm really really curious i mean i read a read a statement today it was a it was a tweet um from bischoff um and uh he said if I know anything about Vince McMahon, he is at his happiest and his most strongest when he's in a fight. And right now, I think he's in a fight. So it's I'm curious to see what he does next, because he's he's not wrong. What, what I've been witnessing on, you know, even with the new NXT 2.0, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in. I, I it looks like Ultimate Warrior vomited everywhere. Yeah, I mean, because I mean. For the last what six seven years whatever it's been they've been the black and gold brand and now they're the tie-dyed brand i don't know what yeah i'm not too sure what the hell that yeah. is it's like every color of the rainbow yeah just throw it on there yeah i mean it it and i but i do like the fact that they're giving us more fresh faces and you know different things like that but i think it was a definitely a Vince McMahon coming out and saying, Hey, wait a second. This show's better than SmackDown and raw. Uh, we can't have that. This is supposed to be our developmental territory. What, what's going on here. And I think he toned it down on purpose, but yet at the same time, I'm also hearing rumors that, uh, you know, he wants to make it an edgier brand. So they're going to do more things on the edgier side. So I'm like, okay, what's really going on here? So I'm, I mean, it's a hurry up and wait situation with NXT, but at the same time, you know, Raw's got to make some moves. Uh, SmackDown's doing some great things, but at the same time, they've got to make some moves. Otherwise, you know, AEW's coming and coming hard. Yeah, I mean, as long as Roman Reigns is on SmackDown, they're pretty much all set. That whole storyline with uh, him and Heyman and uh, Brock, holy shit. Like, something's really going to pop off. I wish it wasn't going to happen at Crown Jewel, but now going, to, going on Sunday... Granted, I know that, you know, I don't think Balor has a shot. But in the back of my mind, what if Brock costs Roman the match? Yeah, because that's the thing with it. it. Like, they've already made the match for Crown Jewel. It's already been announced. Yeah. So, at that point, they're basically saying, hey, guess what? You know, Finn's going under. Sorry, guys. You know, we have to put Roman over. But what if they surprise us? And I'm really kind of curious with that, you know? Um, if I learned anything, you know, in my 12 years on the indie circuit, you know, shit can happen. So I'm yeah. hoping, I'm hoping that they do something. Cause you know, you know, I used to book and I used to do this and I used to wrestle and yada, yada, yada. So I can sit here, you know, and play Monday morning, you know, booker all day long. Yeah. But, um, I'm really kind of curious to see what they do with this, especially since, you know, every wrestling fan right now, especially, you know, the internet smarks, I fucking hate that word, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, are sitting there going, yep, you know, Finn's going to go, Finn's going to lose and the demon's going to be destroyed and yada, 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 yada. I'm like, Ugh. I don't know if that's really going to happen. Because at the same time, I don't think, I, I think Vince is smarter than that because Christian's now in AEW. Yeah. CM Punk is in ADW. 
Brian Danielson, Ruby Soho, all these people, all these people have now gone over to AEW. Yeah. Especially some of his big name stores, you know, stars, you know, Adam Cole. Yep. Does he really want to lose Finn Balor too? I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough call. I mean, I don't know what his uh, contract status is, but just hearing rumblings that Owens is almost gone. Yeah, then, that's exactly Dane's go. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them, their contracts comes up next year. Yeah. So if, if, if they lose Steen, cause I don't know who he'll be again. Um, yeah. and, and Generico, Generico, Generico yeah. oh man, can you imagine Generico making his de- debut on AEW? Holy <laughs> shit! The first time we see the Brain Buster, everyone will freak the fuck out because we haven't seen it in <laughs> ten years. Olay, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, if that, I mean, I, I there was a what was it? A couple months ago, there was a, an interview, or excuse me, not an interview. It was a, during an investor call saying, you know. Um, doesn't matter if they, you know, take some of our stars. As a matter of fact, we could probably afford to give them a few more. Was what Vince said. Yeah. So he may have been serious, but at the same time, if he loses another major star, it's going to be it's especially in Finn Balor, Owens, or or Sami Zayn. Yeah, and if and if he didn't, and if he wasn't that old, I'd say losing Styles as well. But I think Styles is just going to stay. Oh, he's already said it. He said he's going to retire there. Yeah, that, that, I mean, look, fucking, uh, how many times did, uh, Terry Funk said he was going to retire to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, but Styles has got but, it made. He, yeah, he's a made yeah, man Styles, there. Yeah, Styles is set. Nakamura is going to be set. I don't think he's jumping. Um, uh, there's been rumors, but I don't think Nakamura's going to. No. They, I think, I think at first, like maybe within the last year, he was probably thinking about it. But then this whole King, you know, Nakamura thing, and now he's the Intercontinental Champion again and stuff like that. I think he's like, you know what? Okay, maybe they do care about me. So I think he's going to stay now because of what they're doing with him now and how they're they're booking him and how they're, you know, yeah, I love the, what they're doing with him right now. It's so yeah. fucking fun to watch. Especially since and they gave him back the original Rising Sun song. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. And the one person they really fucked over was Cesaro. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't think he's going to go anywhere either. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it seemed like a situation where he was getting promised to push. And I think it was kind of like the Biggie effect, even though obviously Biggie is more of a uh, mainstream type of guy. But that should have been the same route that they should have given Cesaro instead of having him lose on the pay-per-view. And then that's it. Back to obscurity. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I mean, I, I, all I know is that right now it has never been a better time to be a wrestling fan. Oh, hell no. It, I mean, can you remember time. a time in your lifetime, because I can't remember it, where we've had wrestling five days a week? No. No. I mean, it's it's every – I mean, and like this week, it's six. You know, and some yeah. – you know, it was pay-per-views, there's six. Yeah. And it's it's like, oh. And some days, you know, if it's a WWE major with a, with a uh, takeover before, we got seven. <laughs> it's like this is so fucking cool. <laughs> I know. I mean, so and, like, and all companies are firing on all cylinders too. I mean, look at Impact. I didn't give a fuck about Impact for years, and now I'm seeing you know Christopher Christopher Daniels come back out as the fucking uh, as as the uh, Fallen Angel. Angel. Yeah. Jesus Christ, what's gonna happen there? Yeah, I missed that last night. I'm curious. Well, I didn't see that one last night. I, yeah, I kind of kicked myself for that one. 
Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like, like you said, wrestling's on almost every day of the week. I mean, going back to, you know, oh, what, but what about the Attitude Era? The Attitude Era, this, that, the other. The Attitude Era wasn't as good as everyone made it out to be. No. It, it was wasn't. shock factor. And All right, look, you had the biggest stars, but again, if it was kind of like the same booking as you have today. I mean, Austin was facing The Rock in a tag team with Undertaker and Triple H. Or, you know, throwing Foley. You throw in, uh, you know, someone else, uh, fucking Michaels, if you wanted to. I mean, they were giving away, like, what should have been pay-per-view type of matches on Raw. And everyone's like, oh, you know, oh, oh this is great. You know, we're going to finally see Austin and Rock again. Like, again, they fought how many fucking times in that month? And, and then nobody complained. And they headlined three WrestleManias, I think it was? That's a good question. I know two. I think it was, I think it was three. I'll take your word for it. I, I might be wrong it. on that. It, it might be two, but I, I'm pretty sure. Not positive. I'm pretty sure it was three. I could be completely wrong on that. Yeah. Um, but but the same could be said about AEW right now. I mean, they gave us Danielson and you know and Omega on mm-hmm. free TV the first match yeah. of the night on a Wednesday. I mean. That's they do, but they do that a lot. You know, they do that a lot, and I think it's, but I think it's by design. Oh yeah, so they're trying to make a name for themselves and pull people in, and like, hey, this is what we do. Um, and they tease us a lot, and they give us a little bit snippets of this and snippets of that. Um, but one thing I love about AEW is that it is unpredictable, and on top of that. They will push anyone that gives that gets a crowd, you know, the crowd going. You know, yep. WWE has a tendency to if you get yourself over, they're gonna pull your plug really quick. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't, if we don't want you to get over, you're not getting over, and that's yes. that is 100% factual. Zach um, Ryder, exactly. But then look at like Jungle Boy. Yeah, I mean Jack Perry. Yes, his dad was Luke Perry. But other than that, yeah. he's gotten he had nothing going for him. And he got himself over and now they're they're pushing him to the fucking moon. I mean, he had an AEW championship match for crying out loud, and they but then yeah. after he lost it, they've still been pushing him. They paired him with Chris with with uh, Christian Cage, and now they're pairing him with mm-hmm. fucking uh Brian Danielson and like what the fuck yeah. is going on here? It's like they just don't care. Look at somebody like Darby Allen. Darby Allen should have never had the spot he had, but he oh. He, but he earned it, and he made it happen for himself. And now he's with Sting, and he, you know, got to you know wrestle Punk's first match back in what nine years, whatever it was, seven years, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you know, absolutely, it's amazing to me. Um, it's absolutely amazing to me what they're doing, and I'm really kind of curious to see what happens next. But at the same time, I'm curious to see what what WWE does to combat it because it's it's going to have to happen. Wish Rick Steiner's son. <laughs> he looked good. He does. I don't know if he's ready, but he looked good. Yeah, he does look good. Um, he needs to learn how to talk better, though. I mean, look at Brock. Took him how many years to start talking? <laughs> That's true. Even he then, he still even then he still uses you know Paul. Or he used the Paul for a long time too. So yeah. Um, but he he sounds too much like his dad. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I was listening to him this past Tuesday when he was, like, calling out, uh, um, uh, whatever his name, uh, God, I can't, Ciampa. 
No, he was tagging with Ciampa. Um, he called out um, uh, the Bruiserweight and his buddy. Um, oh, yeah, Pete Dunne and... Um, Pete Dunne and uh, what's his name? Um, shit. I can't think of his name, yeah. But, I mean, when he was calling him out, it's like, I thought, I saw, I just saw his dad, you know, give him a freaking, you know, uh, amateur wrestling head headgear, and that was his dad. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, 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 that's all I heard. Um, I was waiting for the wolves. Woof, 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 woof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yeah, so was I. Um, but, I, I, you know... Again, it's never been a better time to be a wrestling fan. I mean, the WCW, WWF, you know, war was fun to watch, but I think this is much more fun. And yes. it's only going to get better. It's, yeah. And it's only going to get better. Um, especially now that there's real consequences. Um, oh, yeah. And it's not just Ted Turner who owned the network with the money behind it. No, 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 no. Yeah. Now it's a multifaceted billionaire who has nothing to do with the network along with a network and they're all their money. So now it's twice as yeah. much money in theory that they had when Ted Turner was doing it. So it's, you know, because the amount of money that the cons make is redonkulous oh, yeah. between the oh, yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars and their soccer team that they own as well. Yep. I mean, fuck. And didn't, didn't his father invent he invented something or like patented something something with like rubber and tires like it was something like strange but it was like it, it was easily a multi billion dollar idea yeah I'm, it was I'm, something it had something to do with I think transportation like some sort of I, I don't want to say tire or something with wheels or road something weird I don't remember but like that, like oh okay I didn't know you could actually patent that thing but. I could see I could see him being a billionaire because of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a billionaire because of the Jaguars, even though it's one of the losing his teams ever. But uh, yeah. But like I said, he also owns a soccer team too. Or um and yeah, uh, Fulham over yeah. in uh, England. Yeah. Yeah. So he's they've got money. I mean, and their that money's not going anywhere anytime soon. So I mean, no. if what's that with the combined power of Time Warner? Or excuse me, AOL, not AOL, uh, AT and T. <laughs> that's what killed WCW. <laughs> yeah, that's what killed uh, killed. Yeah, um, which allowed AOL, AT and T to step in and buy Time Warner. But uh, yeah. so between the power of AT and T, Time Warner, you know, along with the power of the cons, that's a lot of fucking money invested. Oh, a yeah. lot of money, and it's a it's much different. Like I said, it's much different from the Ted Turner because Ted Turner had the money because of the networks. Now he's it's a completely different ball game and it's very similar to what Vince has. Vince had the money and a network. Now they have the money and the network. So it's yeah. it's it's I'm curious to see how this is going to play out. I'm hoping that in the end everybody wins and nobody loses because in the end that means just means that we win everything. Oh yeah. Thousand percent. Like I I, I don't understand the fanboys of you know, it's either WWE or it's, it's AEW. It's like, no, why can't it be both? Why can't you just enjoy the good parts of a program and the bad part? And then, you know, just like the bad parts of the program. Why is it, why do you always have to pick teams? Like, you know, or, not to head into politics, but it's kind of like politics. You know, you see either one side or the other. Or, or just be a wrestling fan in general. I mean, yeah. watch AAA. Watch, you know, you know, Lucha Libre. Watch you know, New Japan, watch CZW, yeah, Ring you yeah. know, Ring of Honor, watch Pro Wrestling Gorilla, you know, watch all, the, every one of them. 
you know, you're going to get a good fucking show regardless. You know, even watch WWN, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. shine and evolve and all this other stuff. I mean, there's some good stuff out there. Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Just, you know, I mean, uh, and all that can be tied back to the music stuff. I mean. Nice yeah. segue. Absolutely. <laughs> so I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> Tell my sponsors <laughs> that. They need to part yes. pay me more. Um, <laughs> Manscaped, you hear this? <laughs> nope, I don't have Manscaped anymore. <laughs> ah, damn. Manscaped, don't hear this. <laughs> yeah. They were the strictest sponsor I ever had. Um, really? Oh, God, yeah. It was so bad. So bad. Um, no offense to them. It just didn't work out for my me and my audience. But, uh, um, yeah, tell my sponsors I need more money. Um, but uh, give them more money. Let's go. Let's do this. Um, as far as like that, it's the same thing with music. You know, there's the fanboys of, you know, oh, I only listen to metalcore. I only listen to death metal. I only listen to emo. Uh, you know, you know, or I only listen to country. Or I only listen to this. You know, I definitely fall into that group. But I fall into that group as well by saying I only listen to rock, including all five million and two different subgenres of rock. Um, but I only listen to rock, so I'm not as you know hardcore as some of these. I only listen to punk, you know, type people. But it's that kind of stuff does ruin, you know, the music business. It kind of ruins, you know, the wrestling business. It also ruins, you know, sport in general. Um, you know, oh, you know, my, my team got, you know, rained out today, so I'm not going to watch any fucking game on, on Sunday. You know, there's like, there's people playing, you know, what does it matter? You know, or if you don't like a sport, then I, I get it. But like, if you're a football fan, you like your Cleveland Browns, you like your 49ers, and, but they got rained out or they're having a bye week, at least watch a couple games because you never know what's going to happen in their division. You need to know what's got, you know, happening and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Same goes with music. You know, if you're a rock fan, but you and you love Lamb of God. It's your favorite fucking band. Why can't you still enjoy the new Bad Flower album that came out today? Yeah, you know which, by the way, is fucking amazing. If you haven't heard it yet, do yourself a favor, go listen to it. Um, I'll be All right. I'm going to be reviewing it on Tuesday. But let me tell you what. Um. Last week, I or excuse me, this past week, I you know um, reviewed the new Spirit Box album, and mm -hmm. that definitely is going to be top contender for album of the year. But this album by Bad Flower is up there as well. I mean, it's it is so emotional and so raw and real. I have like I have never heard an album so emotionally charged before and their first album you know okay i'm sick was definitely emotionally charged but this album blows that out of the water and it's so fucking good Shit. so fucking good i i give nothing but mad fucking props to josh and the guys just absolutely amazing um like i said i'm reviewing it on tuesday's episode but do yourself a favor Go listen to that album. It's so good. Now, got a question about that, and I'm just speaking generally here. But is it me or is like 
being depressed the flavor of the week. I'm not saying like Bad Flower falls into this, but it sounds like a lot of rock songs you hear, it's all about how depressed they are. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Okay. Um, Because um, that's the central theme of my show, you know, where mental health and music meet. That is the Mm -hmm. theme of my show. It always has been and always will be. Um, And while I get what you're saying, I love it because of that. So I believe that the genre that you and I live and work in, okay, which is the metal and rock genre, yeah. um, is the most supportive, most inclusive, and, and most um, outspoken of all genres of music. Better than rap, better than pop, better than country, better than folk. I don't give a shit. We are the most outspoken when it comes to social issues as well. Yeah. Um, and I think right now the hot button issue is mental health. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that is, I don't want to say that the flavor of the week, I would say more it's the hot topic, hot button issue that more bands are talking about than ever before. And I think it's definitely a positive more than anything. I mean, last year, like just an example, not really mental health related, but kind of sort of, you know, you had Randy Bly in DC marching with BLM. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the type of stuff that we do as a community. And um and I think the just the power of metal and rock is, you know, is a good thing. I mean, ABR, you know, Jake runs Heart Support. And, yep. um, you know, even Sully Cerna has a health, uh, a mental health, you know, stuff that he does, you know, with for Godsmacking, you know, whether it's Shinedown, ABR, Bad Flower, um, Hailstorm, you, you name it mm-hmm. with everybody talking about it. I think it's becoming more on the forefront. And I and I and I do appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it, too. I just think that it's just going to. It's going to lead into some plants. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you've had some label plants before trying to take something that's sounded, it was good for a moment, and then it's just uh, watered down. For example, the Imagine Dragon sound, where for a good, what, two, three years, you had bands like Shine Down try to copy it, Papa Roach try to copy it. And it was just fucking like, all right, enough. We get it. You you want to sound experimental, you know, like that like that song by uh, Papa Roach, Elevate. I'm like, this is like it's it's not Papa Roach. It's just I don't want to say it's garbage, but it's not for me. And I think they were just trying to cash in at that moment. Now I'm not saying that you know bands like Bad Flower or Beartooth that you know they actually went through some issues. I don't think they're trying to cash in. But I could see a struggling label trying to figure out, okay, we need money. Being depressed is actually rolling in money. Why don't we put a band out there saying, I hate my life, I hate my parents, blah, 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 life is hard. You know, not in, exactly in those words, but unfortunately. But that happened in the 2000s. That happened in the early 2000s. You know, it started with ish, my chemical romance ish, and kind of started the whole emo thing. You know, I mean, and you know or a little bit you know around that same time we had the whole good charlotte starting the pop punk revolution along with them and uh blink 182 and all this other stuff yep. that happened so i mean it, that could happen absolutely but mm-hmm. bands like Beartooth and bad flower 
and ABR are yeah. bands that started it from the beginning. Oh yeah. Before it was cool. I hate to say that because it's not cool at all. No, they're, they're um, genuine. It's, genuine. Yeah. So yeah. I think we as a genre, um, and I say that loosely as a rock genre. Yeah. We've seen it before with the emo revolution, with the pop punk revolution. You know, we've seen it, and I think we're more accustomed to it. And I think it's gonna we'll 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 chew through it pretty quickly at this point. That's my opinion. Yeah. If it happens, if yeah. it happens, but I think at this point I don't I don't see it happening. I don't because the thing about it is, I, in my opinion, the idea of a label at this point is dead. You know, I yes mean, no. I mean, do they they don't have the money and the power that they used to have? I mean, look at band, you know. Slipknot is getting ready to release one last album under Roadrunner, and then they're going indie. Yeah. You know, bands can do that now. 20 years ago, they couldn't. And I think that right there is telling in itself um, that if you... Here's an example. If Roadrunner called you tomorrow and said, hey, we want to sign one of the last. However, we want you to be the next Nickelback. What would you say? Absolutely. Hundred percent. <laughs> <laughs> you would have to change your entire sound, though. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to be that random bar guy that's 50, 60 years old, you know, in a fucking leather vest trying to rock out and you know try to relive his youth. Fuck that. Give me my money. If if I'm willing to sell out and people are buying it, so be it. I mean, obviously we're going to we're we're not going to you know jump ship like that overnight. You know, we're not going to fucking genre hop. Or be a vulture to a sound, but if we get a good enough offer like that, where we don't have to worry about money, we can tour for the rest of our lives, and we get a and I call, I call them a major label. I think Roadrunner is a major label. Absolutely. I think they're under they're under the Warner imprint. Um, you get that marketing, you get those connections where you're touring arenas, you know, opening and then further headlining. Absolutely, I think the I think you you might be incredibly dumb. Not not you per se. Uh, a musician would be incredibly dumb if they said that they won't they won't sell out. Thousand percent. If you are a musician and you want to do this for the rest of your life, and you have the uh, the chance, someone offers you a chance to retool your sound, you know, be a corporate shill. I think a lot of people are going to say yes. You really think so? Yes. The only people that aren't probably you know the punk bands that you know. They like playing the fucking crusty clubs, you know, performing for 100, 200 people that night. And look, if you can make a living doing that, great. If you're happy doing that, great. With my band, though, I think, you know, it, it, I know how tough it is, especially in the rock world. But to have that much of a backing and to play music for the rest of our lives, whether it's written by us or not, I don't know. It might be too good of an offer to pass up. As hmm. bad as that sounds. I mean, I may alienate a lot of people, but, you know, the one thing about our music is that we kind of do have a mainstream sound already, but we're also a metal band. So I don't know how much retooling there is, but, you know, going back to Nickelback, the example you used, they have a lot of heavy songs. You don't hear them, but they have a lot of heavy songs. When you go to see them live, they play those heavy songs. You know, of course, they play, you know, the the photograph, They, uh, you know, how you remind me. 
But, you know, listening to like a fucking, you know, burn it to the ground, the fucking, what was it, the Raw theme? Yeah, it was Raw theme, yeah. Yeah. That's a heavy fucking song, especially for a band like Nickelback. 18 months ago, when everything kind of shut down, one thing I never thought we would lose is music. But unfortunately, we did. Bands couldn't get to the recording studio. They couldn't fly in their favorite mixer or favorite producer. There was just no way of putting out new music. We lost a lot. And music was one of the things that hurt me the most. And I'm pretty sure it was you too. That's why you listen to the show. But now music is coming back and bigger and stronger than ever. And thanks to Raycon wireless earbuds, they sound better than ever. You know, on this show we focus a lot on music, mainly metal and punk and rock. And trust me when I say, Raycons are the best way to listen to this type of music. They come with a bunch of Dell tips for your comfort. And unlike other brands, they don't stick out of your ears. And Raycons have 32 hours of battery life. Let me go ahead and say that one more time. 32 hours of battery life. So you can listen when you want for a really long time. Plus, they start at just half the price of other premium audio brands. But they sound just as good. Plus, they come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. So you really can't lose. So go now and create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Suck It Podcast listeners can get 15% off Raycon at buyraycon.com slash suck it. That's right. Buyraycon.com slash suck it to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash suck it. Raycons, the best way to listen. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with America's Best Value Meal Kit. Every plate makes home cooking easy and affordable as a much cheaper alternative to takeout, but just as delicious. Think about it. No more having to go to the grocery store with three, four, five, six kids, planning out the meals, looking up recipes, then prepping those meals, cooking those meals, and all of that stuff is gone thanks to Every Plate. Every Plate makes it easy and affordable to cook hearty, delicious, family-pleasing meals. Look, I was just a skeptical, but that first box that came in with the recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients, it was so delicious. But what's even better was that it was easy to make, and I got it done in 30 minutes or less. And that's the way most of those meals come together. That leaves more time for you to spend with your friends and family outside enjoying the summer sun. So now, take your chance and try every plate for $1.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code SUCKIT199. Get started with every plate for just $1.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code SUCKIT199. That is a up to a hundred dollar value. Every plate, America's best value meal kit. Yeah, so, I'll give you that. Yeah, no, if, yeah. If if we're allowed to do both, absolutely, thousand percent. Yeah, I remember. God, it was maybe two thousand twelve, two thousand eleven. The first time I saw. Um, Oh, fuck. I, I can't stand him now, but um, 
Um, the hell's the name of that damn band? Um, yeah, I can help you. But the uh, lead singer's okay. name is Phil. They're out of uh, all uh, that remains. All that remains. Thank you. Um, wow, that was easy. Yeah, because it was—it's a band that I used to follow that I don't really care about too much because they kind of yeah. But um, back in the day, like I said, 2011, 2012, when I first saw them live, um, they were still had that metalcore sound to them, and yeah. but they were starting to have a little bit more of a commercial sound, and they played like two or three of their commercial songs. Um, and then at the end of the the, the third song, that's how they opened it. And they came out and he's like, all right, now that we got that commercial bullshit out of the way, let's play this real music. And they just started playing all their hard, 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 heavy stuff. So, I mean, if you can pull that off, great. But I think a band like All That Remains went too deep with it. And now yeah. they're just now they're just a shell of who they used to be. No offense to Phil and the guys, but they, they really truly are. I mean, especially like, that. yeah, I mean like their last album or that this last album or the album before last they only had like one or two like metal songs on it um and it was i can't even remember what they are because they were just forgettable <laughs> um i think at that point you really kind of while i get you know evolving and i get you know doing certain things and bringing in new fans the fans that have been there from the beginning you do alienate them oh yeah Especially if you don't even sound like you used to, you know, going back to like the 90s with Load and Reload from Metallica, people, you know, still shit on them. But if you yeah. go back and listen to them, you can hear hints of black. You can hear hints of um, Injustice for All. You can hear hints of One and, you know, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can't really say, oh, you know, they gave up their song completely. No, you can still hear it. Look at songs yeah, like yeah. Hero of the Day. Look at songs like, you know, Bleeding Me. Bleeding Me is like almost identical riff for riff, just retooled, and it sounds just like Fade to Black. You know, yeah. it, it's very similar. So you can hear that. But, like, all that remains is kind of went away from it and have now become this country rock band i don't even know what they are anymore it's weird yeah and actually a perfect example of what you said was a day to remember i don't know how familiar you are with that i love them love okay. a day to remember okay their last album uh, you're welcome had a lot of good songs on it but the problem is they were trying to write they were trying to write like a country song they were trying to write a pop song they were trying to write an alternative song not write in a day to they're not trying to write in a day to remember song with pop or country alternative vibes to it, which they've done in the past and it sounded great. But with this album, they're like, all right, let's just strictly write a song, write a country song. You need the elements of what made you big. You need the elements of you, of all your past albums, you know, a perfect band like that, like that who did it correctly was Linkin Park. Every single album you heard of Linkin Park, it kind of related to other albums, but it also sounded completely different all at the same time. They well, knew the formula. I, I and, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And bands like All That Remains, they try to write a mainstream rock song. They try to write a hard rock song instead of saying, okay, let's write an All That Remains song with hard rock elements. And I think that's what screwed them up. 
Yeah, but a band like ADTR um, can... I think they've built their whole dynamic on you never know what to expect next. I mean, look at, you know, songs like Plot the, um, the Burn the Panhandle. That is a hard, hard, hard-ass song. But then you've got other songs that sound nothing like it. So, I mean, you yep. go back to the original, you know, um, you know, some of their old, old stuff, you know, talking about, you know, especially... Um, you should kill me when you had the chance. Hold on. I'm trying to think. I have a song in my head. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the Downfall of Us All. Okay, that song right there, the, the, um, the song Downfall of Us All, is literally yeah. talking about how they're getting signed and they want them to sound like they, you know, we want you to sound like this. And yeah. them playing that set will be the downfall of us all is literally the idea of the song. Uh -huh. But at the same time, like, that whole album is eclectic across the board. So when i heard you know the you know the, the straight up country that it was i wasn't yeah. really surprised by it because you can also go back to resentment and hear all different facets of the rock industry in that you know in that whole album so i i don't know i, I mean a band like adtr i think does it right but that's just me yeah uh, i mean you know maybe i have to re-listen to uh, you're welcome a few more times but even with the album homesick it did sound like the album before that, you know, it's, and it also sounded like, you know, the, uh, the older, uh, and then there was treason. It sounded like that as well. And same thing could be said with common courtesy with bad vibrations, but with this one, it was just way out of left field. Like granted, they tried something new and I will never fall an artist for that. Yeah. Unless you're genre hopping, you know, like a band, like, you know, set it off. It, and that, that it's uh, unforgivable in my eyes, but that's besides the point. Um, I just think that a day to remember just needs to stick with what they knew and then add new parts in there. Like, obviously you heard that with resentment, you know, they had the breakdown and you hear that, you know, I have this strip on my shoulder. I was like, okay, this is pretty fucking interesting. Yeah. Then you go to, um, that, uh, that acoustic song, you know, doing, uh, 75 on I 95 or whatever the fuck those words are. And I'm just like, you know, it doesn't really flow. It's not the next, if it means a lot because I mean, obviously that didn't flow with the rest of Homesick, but it also had the you know the build-up part at the end, and then the explosion, which you know is just like in a Day to Remember song. While this one was just okay, you know, we just signed with to uh, Feel by Ramen, you know, let's write a song that will help us tour with Twenty One Pilots or with Fallout Boy with Paramore, and you know go with the actual you know pop crowd, which like I said. It's not a bad thing, but they're also a band who was about to tour with fucking Slipknot. So how the fuck do you think that song would have survived in front of a fucking sea of maggots? I don't think it would have. I will agree with you to an extent on that because okay. when I saw Volbeat open for them, same you know that was 2019 yeah that was yeah that was the last Slipknot Road Tour um especially with that with that lineup it was Behemoth Gojira Volbeat and then Slipknot and 
Volbeat's all over the place. They got the rockabilly thing going on. They got some hardcore stuff. They got some metalcore stuff. They got a little bit of everything. So I yeah. think... I don't know. I don't know how I would feel about a day to remember opening for Slipknot. That's interesting. Like it was, it was supposed to happen. It was uh, the lineup was uh, Code Orange, Under Oath, a day to remember, and Slipknot. Because I had tickets to the uh, was Madison that last Square. year? Yeah, um, pandemic year, year twenty twenty. Yeah, so that was last year. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, it was. My God. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious to see how that would have played out. I mean, this year's lineup is I can't wait for. It. I'm going next month, um, October thirteenth. Um, tickets on sale now. 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 Why? why I don't know if they're sold out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tickets might not be on sale. sale, sale. It's Code Orange, yep. Fever, and uh, Kill Switch. Yeah, dude, it's going to be fucking amazing. So, yeah, this one doesn't have the weird... Well, maybe, I mean, though, it's a little odd with Fever in there. Um, but Code Orange and Kill Switch, yeah. It's going to be interesting. But, man, the... Fever three 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 has definitely picked up some steam, and they are. So I think it kind of fits right along with it. Yeah, but I mean, even going back to the the previous band, Let Live, with with uh, Jason as the frontman, he could he, he fit in with any single act. Like I saw, I saw Let Live numerous times without actually going to see them. Yeah, like they were always on a bill, and they always killed it. You know, and going back to Slipknot, it's the same thing. They could be opening for Metallica, like they did in Australia, and kill it. Or they could, you know, headline with random bands. Like the first time I saw a Slipknot, they um, they had Trivium, and then they had Coed and Cambria open for them. Now wow. that was that was a strange show, because I mean Trivium was uh, I think it was the the, the Shogun era era of Trivium. So two thousand five, no, two thousand six or seven ish somewhere yeah. around there, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think the tour was maybe like oh eight, so it was, it was right before uh, the in waves part. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you had that, and then you had Coheed, which came out with um, I, th I think Welcome Home was just was like big enough on rock band or you know guitar yeah, or whatever. Two thousand seven is when it really kind of kicked off. But the crazy part was the crowd loved Coheed more than it did Volbeat at my ch at my show. Yeah, I see. I, but I mean. You're a New York boy. I mean, yeah. I mean, Coheed is, is, they are legends of you know what they do. I yes. mean, I, I mean, you cannot walk down the streets of New York, regard whether it's Buffalo or whether it's fucking the Bronx. Doesn't matter. Everyone loves fucking Coheed. Yes. Um, they it's they are something special. Um. You know, I cannot get enough of Coheed. Um, yeah. I am pissed that this past week I missed the opportunity to go see him in Baltimore this week. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, saw Sunday. They were great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw videos of a lot of different bands. You know, uh, the band I have on next week, so uh, Southbound Beretta was there um, and, uh, in uh, Indiana. And, uh, man, man, I, I fucking am kicking myself for not seeing him this year. Um, but, yeah, I... Unheavenly Creatures uh, is my by far my favorite fucking album that Coheed ever did. Um, I'm really kind of curious what happens with this new album. 
um, and to see what the tie-in on the comics is, especially with the new song they have out right now, Shoulders. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I love what they did with uh, with Unheavenly Creatures and all that stuff there. I'm really kind of curious to see what happens next. But yeah, Kohee is one of those bands where you just... I, I do think they fit in with anybody. So They're, I, I, they're, they, they're modern-day Rush. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they yeah, could open they, for... They could open for Metallica, Slipknot, or Nickelback. I mean, and yeah. everyone would be like, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah, and they have. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, uh, yeah. So, I, I, But I think, I do think ADTR kind of falls into that kind of, that thing. I don't know. I'm curious. I, I would love to see how the reaction of a bunch of maggots, like you said, yeah, would react. It would have been, been cool to see. Um, yeah, I don't know. So if we ever get but, the opportunity again, again. With that, yeah, with, with that tour though, you also had Under Oath. So I mean, how many Hot Topic scene kids were going to overshadow the Magnets? Yeah, but did you see how big the sea of people was last Sun? Was it Sunday or Saturday? I can't remember. Sun Sunday Sunday. Did you Sunday? see? Was it Sunday? What are you that, talking about? For Under Oath. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was in that sea. <laughs> There, there wasn't a lot of scene kids. It was just because I mean, yeah, I mean that's how they got started as an emo band, and but they've definitely I don't want to say genre hop because they're still a rock band, obviously, but now they're just more metalcore. But they had a a mix of everybody there. It was fantastic yeah. to watch. So I, I think Under Oath is one of the, another one of those bands that you can put with anybody, and it's gonna be a great fucking show. So I don't know. I think those three bands in particular, I think, are just one of those bands that you could just do that with. Yeah. Now I'm pretty pissed that the fucking show was canceled, <laughs> or the entire tour was canceled. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have been interesting to see, you know, how the the maggot audience would have reacted to a day to remember. But I think they've been around long enough, and everybody loves one or two a day to remember songs. Oh yeah. So I think I think it would have meshed really really well. I mean that's just my opinion. I don't know. But it would have been aw awesome to see what kind of set they would do. Would they lean more on the heavier stuff? Would they lean towards you know uh, like songs like Bad Vibrations, or you know go like really old school with You Should Kill Me When You Had a Chance, like like really the heavier hitters, or do you just go like a regular set? You know, throw in the downfall. Throw in, um, you know, um, uh, My Life for Hire. Throw in all these songs that don't sound the hardest, but, you know, people know them. You know, All I Want, another one. Yeah. You know, I, I think they would have, I think they would have just gone with a day to remember set. And I think people would have yeah. loved it. I think, honestly, I think people would have loved it. Because um, that's one thing about Slipknot fans is we've come, uh, we've become accustomed to, you know, you know, getting our, you know, heretic anthem or our, you know, wait and bleed. But then at the same time, we are also accustomed to getting our Vermilion and our Vermilion Part Two and yes. um, Snuff and yep. uh, Till We Die and stuff like that. So, I, 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 I think it would have been okay. I think it would have been pretty yeah. good. I don't know. Hmm. We'll never know, unfortunately. No, actually, we know we, we don't know what's gonna happen next year. They could say bring it here back out. So we know. Good. I I, I, have, I mean I have a soft spot for a day to remember. Um, 
I'm not originally from uh, Florida. I'm originally from Ohio, but I spent majority of my life in Florida. And, you know, they're in a Caliband, and, you know, I got to have – I have the same sentiment for them as I do Seven Dust, you know, it's the, that and, yeah. non, and, and non-point. You know, the Florida bands, you know, I, I just have – and Trivium, same thing. You know, yeah. I just have this – the soft spot for them, and, and I always will. Yeah, same thing with me and New Jersey bands. Same yeah. exact thing. You know, the MyChems, the Census Fail, the Armor for Sleep, the uh, Early November, the Midtowns, you know, throw them all in there. Gaslight Anthem, same thing. And that's one awesome thing about New Jersey is they always come out and out to shows. It doesn't matter what day of the week. And you actually see that with a lot of tours. A lot of tours will be playing New Jersey or the New York area on like a Tuesday and they'll sell them out. Like fucking uh, a day to remember is coming, uh, I think October 4th and 5th. Not not this Monday and Tuesday, but the following Monday and Tuesday. They're playing uh, New York City. And yeah, tickets, I think, either sold out or they're very close to selling out. But they know that New York City represents. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether it, it, and that's the thing, both music and wrestling and sports, you know, the tri-state area always come out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even going into New England, I mean, yeah. I mean, with that part of the country, you know, from my neck of the woods up, we always come out for everything. <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, like especially in the D.C. area too, and, and Maryland and everything like that. Like people show up, and then going into Pennsylvania, and then hitting New Jersey and New York, and people show the fuck up. Um, you know, it's as big here and there as it is Chicago um, and L.A. And, and it's it's amazing to see you know the the fan dedication for music and sport in general. Yeah, which is crazy because, you know, going back to my band, one of the last, we play obviously in New York City all the time. And just seeing like a packed room and just realizing you can literally do anything in New York City. Go to a Broadway play. You could go uh, watch the Knicks or Rangers, whoever's there. You know, you could uh, go to like a, you know, one of a trillion bars. But the fact is, you came out to support us on either a Saturday night or even a fucking Wednesday night. It just really, truly means the world. But I know for a fact that they're going to come out as long as we stay genuine to ourselves and we, uh, you know, pump out good tracks or if we sell out and become Nickelback, I don't fucking mind. (laughs) I'm just, you know, I know that New York city comes out for anything. And even with, uh, even with the pandemic, people were looking for different things to do, looking for different workarounds, like uh, the hardcore band Madball did a show, like a pop-up show in New York City. Like thousands of people came out for that just because it's a Madball show. Yeah. Like it's it's you know it's mind blowing. While a lot of the rest of the com- uh, a lot of the country um, just you know decides to stay at home. Fucking New York City's looking for something. You know we can't stay home. We got to figure something out. And yeah. That's where these pop-up shows come from. Like fucking, we had bar shows basically throughout the entire pandemic. Like we didn't play anything, but you know, shows were popping up just because there's an outdoor bar. So they would have the room where you could be the six feet apart and what, whatever else, um, you know, for better or for worse, they didn't really follow that, but let's just, let's be honest here. You know, they weren't going to follow that. I mean, you tell fucking New York city person to do something. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> 
But. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, and that's again the power of music and the power of the fandom. I mean, uh, yeah. it's you know, you guys, the city that never sleeps, and that's a, a true fucking sentiment right there. Um, you could do anything in the world at three in the morning on like a Tuesday. Yeah, it's beyond. It's a beyond strange place. <laughs> yeah, which is why I will never live there. <laughs> oh, fucking no. me neither. <laughs> I mean, the, the band is based out of Brooklyn. I mean, uh, you know, the other three actually live in New York City. I'm a Jersey transplant, but still, I don't know how they do that, but they do it. They love it. Yeah, I mean, D.C. is a big city, and I live about an hour outside of it, um, you know, and that's about as far as I want to be. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm good with that, you know. Um, I don't like going into Arlington. I don't like going to Alexandria. Uh, I don't even like going into Fairfax. Where um, do you like going? <laughs> I, I like my little hometown feel and my little country, you know, you know, not really country. It's it's building up, but it's not nearly as corporate or trafficy or crazy. I can still go get a mom and pop sandwich or pizza anywhere I want and I I love it. Do I go into DC every once in a while? Yeah, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be up in New Jersey, um, hopefully in the next couple, um, next month or so. So we'll have to get together. Nice. What are you doing up there? I'm gonna go. Um, so over the last two months, um, that I've been doing the coverage for Blue Rock, Blue Ridge, um, yep. I got really close with the band Orin. Okay. Yeah. So Andrew and Sarah have become really, really close family to me. So I'm going to go up there and visit them. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I'll have to hook up with you while I'm up there. Definitely. Just let me know. You have yeah. my number. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Andrew said he wants to go take me to, to eat and make me fat. <laughs> In New Jersey, that could be anywhere. That could be anywhere. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going I'm to have some fun with that. <laughs> So, dude, I had a fucking blast with you tonight, man. This is I love this these types of episodes where we just yeah. sit and shoot the shit and just have a, a fun and just a little bit of everything, music, you know, and and wrestling and everything else in between, man. We had a good time, man. I had, I had a blast with you, man. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing I hate about interviews, it's just oh, okay, what's your band name? Oh, what do you sound like? Oh, who are your biggest inspirations? What were your inspirations for the last album? Oh, when do you, when do you <clears> want to do you like tour? Do what do you like about playing shows? What's the best part? What's the worst part? Do you like creating merch? Do you like creating album artwork? All right, we get it. Yeah. And it really just, you know, sometimes I go on autopilot. So, like, I love these type of interviews where it's just like, okay, so uh, so the band, uh, the band Trivium, go. I'm like, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah yeah dude it's it's awesome yeah i mean i like i said before um before we went you know started recording um i literally just got off the episode when i um i was talking to the verve pipe um that episode will be out wednesday and you know he said the exact same thing he goes i've been doing this for 25 almost 30 years and I rarely have a, have conversations and you know do interviews like this so thank you it's like i love it yeah. when i hear 
you know, veterans of the business like that, you know, come back and say something like that. It's like, oh, it means I'm doing something right. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, because they're used to the, the fucking Rolling Stones. Uh, Roll, I'm sorry, excuse me, Rolling Stone magazine where they just talk about, OK, what's your inspiration? And all those questions that I just said before, you know, as, a, as an artist, we've done numerous amounts of those. Yeah. And it's like we're, we we don't like them. It's just like, all right, change it up just a little bit. Ask us something that will make us go, huh, I have to think about this. You know, and you've done that a few times for me tonight. And that I truly appreciate. And I'm sure a lot of other musicians appreciate. Yeah, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be around for two years and 200 and almost, God, 280 almost 280 episodes now holy shit um yeah on i think it's october 4th i think i counted it out the other day october 4th no not october 4th november 4th mm -hmm. will be episode 300 for me wow yeah so i'm gonna have to do something big for that one exactly episode 300 fuck you manscape <laughs> <laughs> there you go you got your title already <laughs> yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do for that one but yeah i think it's november 4th is episode 300 i'm really really excited and about it that's now question for you about your interviews do you hold on to something for a special occasion or do you just like pump these out um like when i was doing the the blue ridge ones yeah at some like i was doing four and five a day just to accommodate schedules. Yeah. So like at one point, I think I had 14 episodes recorded. <laughs> um, but I usually don't like doing that. I'll do two in a day on a regular basis. Like, you know, I did two yesterday. I did two today. Um, I did my Monday episode yesterday and my Thursday episode. And I did today. I did my Wednesday and my, my obviously my Friday. Um, yeah. But that's usually about the limit for it. I don't like to – I like to keep it fresh. Therefore, if something noteworthy or newsworthy happens and I bring it up at the beginning of the episode or we're talking about it, it's, it's, it's relevant to the time. But if like – say, for instance, I don't put on an episode for – I recorded next Friday's episode today. That's seven days that something big could happen and yeah. I'm not going to be able to talk about it. So I don't like doing that, but if I have to, I will. But, um, but like for – for an episode 300 if i had the opportunity to interview somebody huge and i had to hold on to it for a week i would absolutely do it okay all right yeah so uh yeah it, depending on schedules hell yeah i would absolutely fucking do it so i mean i have a i'm hoping you know something big comes through and then uh we'll see how it goes but uh we'll see what happens there you go you could go you could even go the hack route and get gerard butler Why would I get Gerard Butler? <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. What episode number is it? Oh. <laughs> I didn't, oh, that's funny. That's good. Nice, there John. Go. Yeah, that's good. Got I like it. that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a music show, but okay. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Gerard Butler, episode 300. You heard it first. Make it happen. That'd be great. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he's never done a music podcast before. That's true. Who knows? Why not? For all, we know, he could, for all we know, he could be like one of the biggest metal fans ever. Or he could be like Kiefer Sutherland and have an entire band to himself or David Scovney. Yeah, or um, oh, what's his name? Uh, 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 um, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin Bacon has one too, but um, no, uh, the guy that used to be married to uh, um, 
uh, Angelina Jolie, uh, Tommy, uh, yeah, Billy Bob Thornton. Yes, Billy Bob Thornton has a band too. I so, can see that. Yeah, he. I think it's like a, I, a, like a funk or some type of folky type band. He, I think. He so plays... yeah, something that doesn't like. It's not his character at all. No, no, it's completely out of character. Um, but yeah, Billy Bob Thornton does too, and there's a bunch out there that have bands. Um, yeah, I think even Woody Jared Harrelson has, has something. One. Oh, yeah, Jared Leto has probably the most popular of them all. Yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you heard anything from Thirty Seconds to Mars? The last thing I remember was Kings and Queens. They had an album after that, and I remember they tried doing Master Square Garden and it fucking bombed. Like nobody went to it. Yeah. Well, his his acting career is taken back off again. So, thanks to like Dallas Buyers Club and and uh, well, he, he had the Joker. new one with uh, with uh, Denzel. Yeah, the new Denzel one. Yeah, yeah. where I heard was Denzel good. was talking shit about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, because. Yeah, it was something to the effect of Denzel wanted no part in his method acting. He was he so he avoided him backstage at all at all costs. <laughs> oh God, don't, don't tell me he went like the full Daniel Day Lewis route. That's how he does it for everything, though. That is like yeah. he lives like he like the whole idea like we were talking about for Papa Emeritus. You know, that's what Jared Leto does. Like, yeah, like for Dallas Buyers Club, he legitimately lost that much weight and he be, was the gay guy with AIDS backstage yeah. too. I mean, he was. <laughs> so that's who he is. It, it's I, I I I couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean it. It works for some people, like Christian Bale, hundred percent works. And in other times, it's like, oh no, you're just that actor trying to play that role. Yeah, like it's believable. Yeah, um, Heath Ledger was another one of those that did that, yes. but it, but it killed him in the process because it fucked him up. You know, especially living the Joker gimmick. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. That that messed him up bad, but um, he was the best Joker ever. Sorry, Jack Nicholas, uh, Jack Nicholson, but yeah. <sighs> Fuck, it's been an hour and a half, man. It We're, has been, man. We do this is see. I love this shit. It doesn't feel like it's been an hour and a half. No, not at all, <laughs> dude. I gotta have you back again because this is gonna be a lot of fucking fun. I'll be on whenever you ask, dude. Hell yeah, like. Except for episode 300 because that's Gerard Butler. <laughs> um, hell yeah, we gotta do like, we gotta do some like wrestling episodes together. That'd be fucking yeah, definitely. shit. Fuck it. Once you're up in New Jersey, bring your shit. We'll, we'll go yeah. in person. I really don't care. Hell we'll yeah, do it. let's do it. I, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I I don't travel without my shit. Trust me. Um, there you go. Because <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen? Especially if I'm in New Jersey, New York. Um, oh, yeah. Anything could happen at that point. But, um, and everything does happen here, yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, there's a fucking machete attack in my town today at a, at a Walmart. It's Walmart. Of course that happens. I know. <laughs> People are like, oh, my God, who would do such a thing? It's like, you're in Walmart. Exactly. How are you not expecting the worst thing possible to happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And today it did. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, that sucks. Yeah. <sighs> There we go. A ending the episode on a downer. <laughs> yeah. You know, last night when I was talking to Oren, we ended the episode talking about buttholes. So that, you know, that happens. Yep. Speaking of downers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, bottom we're, out there. Well, we were, we were talking about all the signs and uh, shirts and hats that were at the festival talking about show me your butthole. And that was how we closed up the episode last night. Show me your butthole. I, wait a second. I saw the fuck. I saw a tent that had that. It was yeah. like all lit up. Yeah. Yeah. That was a. Was that your tent? No, it wasn't my tent. 
but that was yeah that was a, a person's that was the name of a of a campground but then also like there was people legitimately walking around with shirts and hats that said show me your butthole um and there was a sign um that this one guy was walking around with that said i eat ass <laughs> I saw that. You saw that guy? Yeah, I went, good for you. Good, that's what I'm saying. Good for him. You know, yes. good for him. Now, does he eat swampy festival ass? I would hope not. I hope it's washed ass. You know, at least, you know. He didn't specify. It, clean. it didn't. Did not specify. And on the other side, it said, I love hot MILFs. <laughs> you know, two and two do go with a guy. They do go. Four. Yeah. Together. I mean, you know, if uh, hot MILF, you want to eat that ass? Go ahead. Eat that ass. Absolutely. Eat that ass. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Speaking of ass, my band is called One of the Last. <laughs> yes, and, and uh, you can follow them on all the different socials on the links in the bio and the description of this uh, podcast and the video. Um, check them out. They're fantastic. Um, well, and thank they, you. And they don't sound like Nickelback. Yet. Yet. But <laughs> well, look, well, look, once we do sound like Nickelback, you'll know that I have a lot of money. And I'll share it. I will share it. Yeah, please. Can I be? Can you? Can you sponsor me? Absolutely. <laughs> You'll be my personal interviewer, or you know, publicist. I don't know. You, you can make you can make a fucking interview place or interview uh, publication. Take five of our random ass friends. Yeah. Before they could get to us. Yeah. That well, sounds about right. Well, the funny thing about it is, I'm actually getting ready to get into the PR side of things and start doing some publicity work. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, All right. Yeah. The wheels turning. Yeah. You know, I don't oh, trust me. It's been turning for about two or three weeks now. It's it's uh, yeah. You finally got sick of it. You finally got sick of going through publicists after publicists. You're like, motherfucker, I could do this way better. It's no because the ones I work with now are fantastic. It's the ones that I used to work with prior to the <laughs> ones that I'm working with now that have not been, and it's like okay. I've seen the really bad, yep. And the ones that I'm working with now that give me the great artists and the you know the great interviews are really good. I'm like, I can do this, yeah. So <laughs> I could do this, yeah. But uh, it's funny. It's just funny that you mentioned that. But um, John, it's been a fucking blast, and uh, definitely, yeah, definitely have to do this again. Oh, we will do it again. Yes, absolutely. And guys, thank you so much for listening to our rambling for the last hour and a half. Come back. Yeah, if you're get... still if you're still here, you're a fucking saint. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I got I, I like a, I have like a sixty eight percent listen through rate, so I'm actually pretty proud of that. Yeah. That is a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, normally I keep it like forty five minutes to an hour. So, who knows what it's going to be like for an hour and a half? But we'll see. We're about eighteen percent right now. <laughs> How can we get rid of these extra eighteen percent? Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, come back on Monday. Um, New York musician putting out his first um, solo EP. Lauren Berman will be on the show, um, and then Tuesday my interview. Excuse me, my interview, my review of the new Bad Flower album, and then Wednesday the Verve Pipe episode will be dropping Thursday we're doing an episode with the band uh, South Bomberetta and then next Friday the band Artusia will be on so oh shit oh shit it's a it's a, another stacked week here on suck it um, yes so I'm, I'm excited it's gonna be a good week next week it was a great week this week and we ended it fantastically and hopefully next week we'll do the same thing absolutely but John again thank you very much and for everybody else Stay happy, 
stay healthy, and stay fucking heavy. We'll see you all later. Hell yeah. Peace. Episode 300, Gerard Butler. See ya. <laughs>